0: I want to talk about frogs today. Last night I heard the first frogs of the season in Maya's pond. They usually get to the pond much earlier, but we haven't had enough rain. It's a natural frog pond. And uh, usually they show up, you know, when when the rains start. But, You know, we haven't had any, but until recently. So last night I heard a couple. And then in the morning there were a few more. So... And it's always been a mystery to me where the frogs come from. Because you don't see frogs around. And, you know, the water comes back into the pond from the rain and starts to fill up. And then... Frogs appear mysteriously, and it's always baffled me, where do they go? So, I like to ask people what their personal totem pole would be. If they could pick three creatures, real or imaginary, doesn't matter, to be, to represent them in a totem pole. Mine are pig, frog, bee. And I just, I like frogs, I like the transformation. Um, bee, because it can make honey and sting and fly. Pigs, I just like pigs. I had a pot pig once, and Yoshi. He was the first pig on the internet, seriously, back in 1994, and on the World Wide Web. And I just, I, anyway, I just like pigs, what can I say? So, I've always loved frogs, and I love it when the frogs appear in Maya's frog pond, and... Again, it just it's always sort of mystified me where they go when they're not around. And But according to uh, Rudolf Steiner, the Christian mystic and clairvoyant whom I like so much, the father of biodynamic farming and Waldorf schools, among other things, he talks about the gnomes who are root spirits and... Uh, and they can be knocked out of the spiritual dimension into this dimension, and then they turn into frogs or other amphibians. Um, Let me read what he has to say. The plant gathers the secrets of the universe and sinks them into the ground, and the gnomes take these secrets into themselves from what seeps down spiritually to them through the plants. And because the gnomes, particularly from autumn and on through winter, in their wanderings through ore and rock, bear with them what is filtered down to them through the plants, they become those beings within the earth, which as they wander, carry the ideas of the whole universe streaming throughout the earth. We look forth into the wide world. The world is built from universal spirit. It is an embodiment of universal ideas of universal spirit. The gnomes receive these through the plants, which to them are the same as rays of light are to us, the ideas of the universe. And within the earth they carry with them the full consciousness from metal to metal, from rock to rock. We gaze down into the depths of the earth, not to seek there below for abstract ideas about some kind of mechanical laws of nature, but to behold the roving, wandering gnomes, which are the light-filled preservers of world understanding within the earth. Because these gnomes have immediate understanding of what they see, their knowledge is actually of a similar nature to that of man. They are compendium of understanding. They are entirely understanding. Everything about them is understanding. An understanding, however, which is universal, and which really looks down upon human understanding as somewhat incomplete. They have a direct perception of what is comprehensible in the world, and they are particularly ironical when they notice the efforts of people uh, uh, have to make to come to this or that conclusion. Why should they do this, say the gnomes. Why should ever, why ever should people give themselves so much trouble to think things over? We know everything we look at. People are so stupid, say the gnomes, for they must be first think things over. Um, so thus the gnomes inside the earth are actually the bearers of the ideas of the universe, of the world all but for the earth itself they have no liking at all. They bustle about in the earth with the ideas of the universe, but they actually hate what is earthly. This is something from which the gnomes would like best to tear themselves free. Nevertheless, they remain with the earthly, you will soon see why this is, but they hate it, for the earthly threatens them with continual danger. The earth continually holds over them the threat of forcing them to take on a particular form. The form of those creatures I described to you in the last lecture, the amphibians, and in particular, the frogs and the toads. The feeling of the gnomes within the earth is really this. If we grow too strongly together with the earth, we shall assume the form of frogs or toads. They are continually on the alert to avoid being caught in too strong a connection with the earth To avoid taking on earthly form, they are always on the defensive against this earthly form, which threatens them as it does because the element in which they exist. They have their home in the earthly, moist element. There, There they live under constant threat of being forced into amphibian forms. From this, they continually tear themselves free by filling themselves entirely with ideas of the extraterrestrial universe. The gnomes are really that element within the earth which represents the extraterrestrial because they must continually reject a growing together with the earthly. Otherwise, as single beings, they would take on the forms of the the amphibian world. In other words, if the gnomes, who are the carriers of the ideas of the universe in the earth, if they get too close to the earth, the earth can force them to become frogs. And I... (laughs) Oh, man. You know, for some reason, it makes perfect sense. So, and, and he says, and with this feeling of antipathy towards the earthly, the, the gnomes gain the power of driving the plants up out of the earth. With the fundamental force of their being, they unceasingly, unceasingly thrust away the earthly and it is this thrusting that determines the upward direction of the plant's growth. They push the plants up with them. So, there you have it. That's where frogs come from. Uh, The earth knocks the gnomes out of the spirit dimension into this uh, plane of the senses, the sense world, and they turn into frogs. And that's where they were. (laughs) Till the first rain comes. So, I'm so happy to hear the frogs chirping. There will be more tonight. And it's a wonderful symphony. And it can get quite loud. And it's always magical. This is Knox, riding the wild bubble with you forever. Oh, I forgot. You know, every other podcast does this. You know, go to my website and please subscribe to my mailing list. Uh, I send out a weekly update. And please subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe to it on Apple or Boo or Pandora, Spotify, wherever podcasts are served. Look for Knox Bronson, Riding the Wild Bubble. And please... Post a review somewhere, a positive review. I saw one, and I'd been knocked down to, like, a low score because of some guys who were, you know, fans of Werner Erhard, the founder of Est. And many years ago, I said some true things about Werner, and they took offense. So, yes, this is Knox again. (laughs) Riding the wild bubble with you forever.